Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can find me on this show daily wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me, my great friend from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. And Justin, we're two days away. Unless I'm mistaken, the preseason opener is Tuesday. We've been talking about it for a while. There was a game today, the Lakers and the Nets. I didn't watch any of it, but I'm sure it was thrilling. <laughs> preseason basketball is finally here. No, I saw that, and um, I had to do a double take that I didn't think the games started until, like, next week. Um, but, yeah, I saw there was the Lakers-Nets game that was televised, and there's some more tomorrow. So we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks of, man, the season's already here, but that is the really harsh reminder that we are here, and the season is about to uh, get started here in full swing bold of the NBA to have their preseason opener. And I know it's only the preseason opener. It's not like everyone is, you know, clamoring to watch this game, particularly with the Lakers. There was no LeBron. There was no Russell Westbrook uh, either playing in that game. But to have it right in the middle of the NFL Sunday slot, put this Lakers-Nets game on, I thought was at least a little bit interesting. But it um, looked like they had a decent crowd there. But as for the Bucks, speaking of a decent crowd, they had 7,000 uh, at Pfizer Forum, or a little bit over 7,000 for this scrimmage. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. You can get Locked On Bucks free wherever you get your podcasts and now on YouTube. And I keep updating it because I want people to keep subscribing. We're up to about 620 subscribers now, so it just uh, continues to climb. We've been running the, the YouTube show for about a week and a half now. There's about 10 episodes there, so if you've missed any, you can go back and check them all out. So this scrimmage, so the interesting thing was, and I was actually not that upset about it, it wasn't streamed, which meant I didn't have to get up at 4 a.m. to watch this game. I couldn't watch it. So I, I ended up, you know, waking up this morning and I, I looked through people's you know, Twitter feeds and the Bucks put some photos up. A listener of the show, uh, Duncan Bucks, I believe their handle is, so I had some photos with uh, his family there with Giannis as well. So it's always a fun day. You see Pat Connaughton launching T-shirts and little basketballs into the crowd and that sort of stuff. But a bit of a shame it, it wasn't streamed. But having said that, I'm probably more intrigued about watching these games in the coming days. Uh, yeah. And, and even those, I mean, I think the intrigue is just seeing some of the new faces and how they're going to assimilate and what type of usage do you get out of guys like Grayson Allen and, and Semi Ojale? Because I think what winning the championship did is things like the scrimmage in the preseason or just become, all right, let's get it over with and, and let's see how they play in the regular season. And then it's going to be a modified version of let's get the regular season over with and let's see if this team plays the same way in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I was laughing. I, I tweeted this out yesterday um, that I remember back uh, in 2015, 2015, 16 season. I remember being really excited about, oh, Chris Copeland, what can Chris Copeland yeah. do for the Bucks? He ended up being the guy that the Bucks cut when they brought in Steve Novak. He only played yeah. 30 games, I think, for the Bucks and never played in the NBA again. And, so. and Sandy played in those 30 games. He yeah. was putting it very, very loosely because he was the guy that I was most excited about as well. Yeah, he did end up starting on opening night for that season. Uh, a lot of our listeners will remember Giannis was suspended because he uh, bulldozed Mike Dunleavy Jr. in game six of the first round in 2015. And so that was also the, the debut of, of Greg Munro there for the for the opening night there. So just weird to, to throw out all those names. But as always with these scrimmage games and preseason games, the biggest concern is injuries and you really just want to get through healthy. Uh, this game for everything I've heard and read was you know, entertaining, fun. There was some cool highlights. I think Jordan War actually missed the three missed at the, the, at the would buzzer. Would have been a game tire. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, it would have been fun for the fans that were there, no doubt. Unfortunately, though, it has been reported that Bobby Portis at least felt some awareness in his left hamstring. It's, there's no word that it's a full-on strain or a tear or anything like that. But nonetheless, uh, this time of year, any type of hamstring issue or concern you think they're going to be a little bit conservative about, but certainly not what you want from this this scrimmage. Essentially a practice injury at this time of year is is not what you're after. No, and uh, when I saw that, my immediate reaction was, okay, so we're probably not going to see Bobby for these five preseason games, maybe towards the very end. But, um, you know, what we had kind of joked about at the top of the show of, get through the preseason and then you do that. And it's, let's just get through the regular season and make sure guys are healthy. I mean, I'm going to be curious to see a, what the severity is because for all we know, it it could just be awareness and he tightened up and it was precautionary and maybe we see him in the preseason and, and everything is a full go could be the opposite as well. So there's still a lot of uncertainty with that, but I would just imagine, you know, as is, this is a team that's going to be pretty cautious with the preseason. And the only real question I had in the regular season is I think the minutes, and we went over that on, on the show last week, but just the minutes for guys like Giannis and Chris and Drew and how you utilize them in the regular season, because I really think Giannis playing more minutes uh, last year helped him out in the playoffs that we had seen that, you know, 30, 31, 32 minute cap. And when you really had to lean on him in the playoffs in years past, you could see him start to get gassed. We saw that a little bit early in the playoffs, but it started to disintegrate as, as time went on. And I think that's just because you played him a lot more. So this could be an interesting year where you can be overly cautious by playing guys a lot during the games, but we might see a lot of rest days for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I just finished up doing a spot on the Locked On NBA podcast, which you guys will be able to check out tomorrow. And one of the questions I was asked by Josh Lloyd, uh, my uh, fellow Aussie, he said, uh, you know, are you concerned about the Bucs and the way they're going to approach this season? And I said, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned because I, I think that they're in a position where, and of course, knock on wood, you don't get any serious injuries, but here or there, these types of niggles, maybe a guy misses a week here or a week or two here. Never ideal. You never want it to happen. But I do think that the Bucs are in a position where they're still going to be able to either have guys miss a couple games here or load manage or rest, however you want to describe it, and still beat most of the teams in the league. I mean, I, I think they're going to be fine. So I'm not concerned about the minute load, but I think everything that we've heard from the guys 
uh, that they're, they're very aware. They're aware of the situation. They're aware that they've had a long playoff run and they're aware that some of these guys have played a lot of basketball in this shortened off season as well. So I think that they've, they've said they're going to be taking the cautious approach. But with this Bobby Portis injury, I want to ask you, and you actually t- text me this and came up with this idea. So if it's not Giannis and it's not Chris and it's not Drew Holiday, which Bucks player can they least afford to lose for an extended period of time? And it's not to say Bobby Portis is going to miss an extended period of time, but it's just a, an exercise here when you look at the rotation. Uh, I'll tell you who will be disappointed if Bobby Portis misses any time. And that's uh, that's fantasy players that may have already drafted Bobby Portis in their lineups. I know there's some optimism around six men of the year, but it brings me to talk about Sleeper, our sponsor of the podcast. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose player had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So it's as, it's as simple as that. You have Giannis, and you're, the person you're playing might have Devin Booker. If Giannis has four games, Booker only has three. Uh, that guy isn't disadvantaged anymore. You just pick the one game that you want that player to pick. So Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Pick. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And uh, I tell you what else can disappoint people, Justin, when they're trying to watch TV and they've got all these different subscriptions, all these different passwords and streaming services they're trying to trying to catch all their, their different shows on. This, is, this definitely sounds familiar. So I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies per package. So as we continue the show here, Justin, I teased this before the break. The question being, which Bucks player, not named Giannis, Chris, or Drew, can the Bucks least afford to lose? And it's funny that I ask you this because I think uh, a couple of weeks ago we did, which player, not named Giannis, Chris, or Drew, are you most intrigued uh, to watch this season? But it, it's so often the, the uh, I, I guess, the disclaimer that you have to put on these questions with the Bucks because everything revolves around Giannis, Chris, or Drew, and then these role players on the outside play such a big part. So I'll throw to you first. You haven't told me your answer, but I've got a contingency plan. So if you steal one of mine, I can go to another player. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously Giannis is the number one, so we took him out. We've seen them play extended periods of time without uh, Drew and Chris the last mm-hmm. few years. That's been suboptimal. So for me, it, it's really a couple guys in one um Maybe a little surprising when you think about his role with the team, but I started with Brooke Lopez and we had talked about with the minutes last time. It's, I don't think it's crazy to think we could see his minutes start to reduce a little bit and try to preserve him for the playoffs more than anything that we've talked about the age and the amount of minutes and games that he's played are starting to climb, but he's, he's been incredibly durable 
throughout his career that you just think back to a couple of major injuries that he's had and that's it. That's forced him to miss time. He's, he's been in the lineup. I mean, first year in Milwaukee when he played the first 81 games of the season that he's, he's been a reliable guy. So if he's out, it changes number one, the way that we've seen them traditionally play defense. It takes away if, if they want to go back to what we did uh, during the playoffs and what we saw them do offensively utilizing him more, it takes that away. But what we've talked about throughout the offseason as well is I don't you're not at the point of panic, but it's not super deep in the front court. So, I mean, that makes the Bobby Portis thing interesting as well. But if Brooke is out of the lineup for an extended period of time, it's Giannis and Bobby Portis that you're going there with. And maybe Semi Ojale is, is playing more four and five for you. So if he misses time, I think that changes a lot for him on both ends of the court. And the other one that came to mind for me, which I think is, I guess, the surprising one would be uh, George Hill, because we saw what happened last year when Drew Holiday missed time and you still had DJ Augustine that was going through his struggles. They didn't have a whole lot in terms of initiating the offense and, and being your primary ball handler that, yes, it's positionless basketball. And I know George talked about it at media day that he and Dante and and Drew aren't traditional point guards, but they aren't necessarily two guards. But if George Hill's out of the mix, you're really stuck. And especially if it happens early in the season when we assume Dante's not going to be there until maybe a month or so into the season, because then it's basically just um, you know Drew Holiday running the offense, and then you're going to have to go back to what you did last year. These guys can handle the ball as well, but it's not really clean when you're looking at some matchups and trying to get some rest time for Drew Holiday. Yeah, so when I said that I had one, um, and if you took that, I had a contingency plan. You also took my contingency plan, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that uh, in a second, and we'll talk to this. But I want to bring up this chart, and if you're listening on a normal podcast uh, feed, I'll I'll run through this, so you're not missing out anything here. But it is one of the benefits of watching on YouTube. So uh, if I pull up this minute chart, and you saw this last week, Justin. So, and I just want to do this through the lens of let's just say worst case scenario. Bobby Portis misses some time here or isn't available for, I don't know, maybe the first week, whatever. The opening night, as we're doing this show, it's October 4. Uh, so, or October 4 here in Australia is recording. As most people are listening, it'll be October 4. So, 16 days. I mean, you, you really, you're not talking about a lot of time between opening nights. So, this chart here, I have Bobby Portis. I had him at 19. And honestly, I think the consensus from a lot of the listeners and even uh, you, Justin, was that, you probably bump that up a little bit. That'll actually probably get closer to 23, 24. So you're talking about taking 24 minutes out of that front court that we've already said is uh, questionable depth maybe. So I think the easy answer would be semi is only at 11 minutes and I sort of found it hard to squeeze him in there. So that's why, again, I mentioned this on last week's show that I think semi is one of the players I'm most interested in because if he's a player, then it, it does make you feel a little less stressed out about missing Bobby Portis for a week or Brooke Lopez for a week. So Semi Ojale, if he's a guy that you can rely on to play 20 minutes when you need him to, uh, that would be fantastic. If he becomes a guy that forces his way into the rotation for 20 minutes, well, that's even better. I mean, that's incredible. The other guy, I think, just purely from the preseason point of view that fans might be a little bit excited about now is uh, Mamu. He, He might get some minutes here in the preseason because there's going to be no Giannis, presumably, and... And potentially no Bobby Portis as well. So we might see some Mamu out on the floor there, which will at least be fun for everyone to see him. During the regular season, the other guy that I think that would benefit 
from early season minutes if Bobby Portis is out, it'd probably be Thanasis. I think that he will he will slot in and maybe see a few more minutes as well. So again, start of the season, it's not ideal, but I, I do think that soft tissue injuries will be something to at least monitor this year when you talk about the fatigue and you talk about a long run. Um, that can sometimes be a, a telltale sign of a team that maybe is fatigued. Anyway, I, I, we hope that it's it's not anything serious, but I'm sure that an early season hamstring you know, niggle, whatever you want to call it, would at least uh, force the team even into perhaps even more cautiousness. I, I don't know if they, if they need that, but I think the point being the Bucks will be able to, to cover that. I think with Brook Lopez, I would agree just because I think your defense is in a big is in big trouble if Brook Lopez is out for an extended period of time. We always spoke last year about the fact that Giannis at the five, and arguably that's his best position, and it's a it's a great lineup to go with down the stretch. We know the listeners love to see it. We know we like to watch it too because it can be really dominant and really dynamic. But I always go back to some of those playoff series where, as much as people talked about the drop coverage and as much as people questioned Brook Lopez. He was still out there, and they were still playing drop coverage, and he was still being really, really, really effective. He got better as uh, the playoffs went on, I thought. Um, you know, especially, I think it's a big credit to Brooke and Bud, for that matter, but Brooke especially when you look at the Brooklyn Nets series and just really the final three series that they played in. But that Nets series was the first one where it popped up, where we rushed to judgment after the first two games. And, you know, it it was tough not to when you lost and were down by nearly 50 points at one point in game two. But we saw a lot of rushing to judgment that this is going to be a sweep. Nobody can stay on the court with the Nets. And this defense is a disaster. You can't play Brooke Lopez because of some of the matchups that Brooklyn has. And we saw him get a lot better. And we saw Bud figure out how to utilize him in better spots. And we saw more hybrid attacks on defense. I mean, you think about the adjustments that they made defensively that it may not seem like a lot that they were still running some drop, but they tinkered with it. And I think that's where you give the credit to bud of saying, okay, we still need to do this for the most part, but maybe we alter this where I'm only having Brooke drop to here, or we're going to push Brooke out to the perimeter at certain points. And we saw that a lot in the finals against the Suns too. So I think both of them, uh, you know, as we've talked about, a number of times during the playoff run, they both deserve an immense amount of credit for the jobs that they did for Bud with the game plan changes and Brooke with, you know, looking much more nimble, especially in the finals and his ability to play on the perimeter at times and do that in the final three series that the Bucks were in. So he can give you both of those. And it's, it's kind of like what we talked about with Giannis and playing him at the five is probably your best lineup. But you don't. I don't think you you don't want to use it too much in the regular season, and it's it's going to be a lot of wear and tear, and he's going to be playing guys bigger than him. So you want to really be cautious about how much you use that and save it for the big moments. And I think that was kind of the same with what we saw with Brook playing, getting matched up on the perimeter and having to stay in front of guards and uh, playing that drop defense. That it's it's all about finding the right recipe, and and that's what they did better than any team during their playoff run last year. Yeah, I think it's probably been the last, it feels like, and I, I don't know, I mean, it might be different for you, but it feels like the last probably three or four years, maybe maybe four or five years, just the term drop coverage has become so much, has been used so much in the mainstream. And one point that we always try and make on this show, specifically because it's been the Bucks' uh, base defense for that time, is that 
there's so many different ways that you can play drop coverage. So you can't just say drop coverage is is no good. And the and the second part of that, is, and I mean that because you know the position of Brook Lopez, they can still be playing drop coverage, but his positioning can be different. And I think the other thing that we have to give him credit for is it's hard to put a blanket over drop coverage and say, well, it's no good because point guards can just come around the screen and shoot a mid-range jump shot because Brook Lopez just in general is better at it than most. I mean, his IQ, his positioning, his, his defensive athleticism for a guy that big is just really, really rare. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think if you lost him, you lose a, a major, major weapon, even if you are someone who believes that the Bucks' best weapon involves Brook Lopez potentially on the off the floor. That's that's fine, but we saw it in big moments that Brook Lopez was really important as well. I, I wanted to to talk about um, the George Hill aspect of this a little bit more because I think the age of George Hill is is interesting and there's a couple of older players on the Bucks roster. But before I do that, we'll talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, as we have been for quite a while, still discussing and celebrating freedom of choice that you have with Built Bar. Uh, as you guys know, there are many delicious flavors when it comes to Built Bar. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors and there's nine of them on the website right now, then you're simply missing out. They're healthy for you, only 17 to 18 grams of protein. And the calories are ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and four to five uh, grams of net carbs. So uh, you can order today online and get whatever flavor you want or pick up a mixed box. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. All right, so before we get into George Hill here, again, we said it earlier, but we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, free and available on all podcast platforms and now on YouTube. So make sure you check that out. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe or follow or whatever your platform asks you to do. And then you should make Locked On Packers your second listen. Maybe Locked On Brewers, but the Brewers are are set for a series with the Braves, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. That's going to be a lot of fun. The Packers just knocked off the Steelers. And, oh, man, Big Ben, Justin, washed. Couldn't be any more washed. <laughs> it was bad. It, um, Yeah, it, you, you thought otherwise in the first quarter and then started to say, okay, no, maybe it is true. What's up with the Packers giving up a touchdown on the first possession every game? It's uh, it's kind of like the Bucks in the playoffs. You, you struggle <laughs> in game one of every series, but then you figure things out as, as the series goes on. Well, they've bounced back there, 3-1. and one. So as I said, check out Locked On Packers and Locked On Brewers as well. Uh, so George Hill, I, I think, and this is the aspect that I look at, at it from when you say, which player would you not want to lose? Yes, I wouldn't want to lose George Hill. Uh, one, because I do think the role, it's just such a big upgrade, underrated upgrade when you think about Jeff T getting the minutes and even Elijah Bryant gets some minutes in the finals. And it's like, okay, where are we sneaking these minutes from? Where can we sneak a rest for Drew Holiday? There's no Dante DiVincenzo out here. Um, so it just became problematic. So I think it's huge that George Hill is with the team. Um, but he's also old. So I don't want to... I, I, maybe that's a bit crude, but he, older, older. <laughs> he's, he's, by, a veteran. he's a veteran. He's a veteran. By NBA player standards, I'm sure George isn't watching the show, so he won't be too offended. But... Um, uh, that's why I also don't want an injury to Drew Holiday because I, I don't want to have to stretch George Hill too much during the regular season because I really do think he's going to be super, super important in the playoffs. He played had big moments for the Bucs in the postseason back in 2019. 
Uh, we've spoken about it, but I think the versatility defensively and lineups playing alongside Drew will be important as well. So I want to try and look after him because I think he's important in a number of ways. And it's almost sometimes it is a little bit scary when you have a role player um, that is uh, older than than some of the other players on the roster and and you have concerns that they have too much, uh, much left. Are they going to come back and is he going to struggle? So George Hill, pretty important. Yeah, uh, he, so to me, it's funny how much things have kind of evolved uh, during the course of the offseason and now as we approach preseason, because I'm with you with what you mentioned before about Shemi Ojale and the intrigue that's now attached to him. I think at the time when you signed him, it was okay. I mean, I see on paper, he checks a lot of the boxes that PJ Tucker did. It's not a knock against Shemi, but you know, for everybody that says you can just slot him in, well, point to me the meaningful important minutes that Shemi Ojale played in playoff games for the Celtics. And I'll wait. Um, but now as you watch how the roster is constructed and you see there's a lot of intrigue with him, he becomes very interesting to see how are you going to utilize him and are you really going to use him kind of like what you did with P.J. Tucker where there's going to be some matchups he can play in the backcourt defensively in, in front court, And George Hill's the other one for me just because – um, he was so good his last year here in Milwaukee. And I think he carried a lot of that over into the first half of last season with uh, Oklahoma city. He was off to a terrific start, pretty much same shooting splits as he had in Milwaukee the year before, where he was close to 50% on his three pointers. And then, uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out in Philadelphia where they weren't even interested in bringing him back. But you mentioned he's 35 we're entering year 35 season. Um, he's an older guy. There's a lot of miles on a lot of tread on the tires, I guess you could say. And, you know, you just start to wonder when guys hit that age, when does it start to steeply decline? And sometimes it's quick, but you know, with George Hill, again, nobody's anticipating 25 to 30 minutes for him on a nightly basis that I think you're going to be able to, especially when Dante's back, really give him some time off and pick how you use him. And I think the other thing that we're, we're pointing to it for no other reason than hope is, I mean, it just seems like George Hill always plays his best basketball when he's playing for coach Budenholzer. Yeah, it's true. And that's why just in general, when you talk about him being 35 and you're not sure, but for the box, he is your reserve backup point guard. So it's not like you're relying on him to start and play 30 minutes every night, which is why I'm, um, looking at Miami and saying, well, okay, well, he picked up Kyle Lowry, but uh, I don't know. Well, Maybe uh, it's probably a topic for another show, but I, that's yeah. probably why I'm just not as not as high on the heat as, as some others because I just think there's a lot of question marks there. And I know it's been brought up a lot too of um, what I just mentioned of, well, Philly wasn't even interested in retaining George Hill, and he was at the very best. He was okay with the 76ers. But I think the difference is it's – one, two completely different environments, but also what he was asked to do or what he needed to do in Philadelphia is going to be a lot different than what he's being asked to do here with just the spacing and the amount of shooters on the team. I mean, George Hill had to be one of those shooters for him that when he was on the floor, you needed offense from him in Philly. And I think here when he's on the floor, if he gives you offense, great, but you just need a guy that can run the offense and play defense. Yeah, and that's why as much as we say, well, Jeff Teague was on the floor, but he had a couple of moments in the playoffs there where he hit shots and and, and made baskets. And 
that is the beauty of being the role player with stars around you. You're not asked to do a lot. He'll defensively, he'll have a role, and then it's just facilitate and, and knock down open three, something that we've seen him do uh, in the past. So, yeah, two guys, Brooke Lopez and, and George Hill, um, obviously looking forward to seeing uh, them play. And then as far as Bobby Portis goes, We'll just see how this plays out over the next couple of days. Like I said, Tuesday night is the preseason opener. So uh, we're going to have another show before that game and then the first post-game pod uh, of the 2022 season after the preseason there. Uh, didn't catch the scrimmage today, but that's all right. I'm, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go for this first preseason game and let's see who plays. Let's see what Let's see what they do. It's hard to predict. Who knows? Yeah, I I, uh, I didn't catch it either. I know we talked about it last week, but um, some plans kind of changed. I had a wedding in Illinois the night before, so when I found that out, I reached out to the people I work with. Like, you don't do you not need me for this? Because that's fine. I'll just stay here and not rush back. And by the way, at the wedding, uh, I talked to somebody who listens to Locked On Bucks quite a bit and is a huge fan of Built Bar because of your reads, where now they regularly. Uh, they uh, are regularly ordering and consuming Built Bar. And, you know, I'm going to be doing the same with the season starting in just a couple of days. It's uh, it's my game night meal. Uh, look, it's uh, – I don't know if it's my salesman work or or it's just the fact that it's a good product. I don't know. But I've heard a few people say the same thing. So uh, we love that. They've obviously been sponsoring us for a long time. But let's wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow. It's only the start of the week, so we don't want to go too hard too early uh, this week, Justin. But I appreciate you coming on. As always, in our usual Sunday night recording slot after Sunday night football, it was a fun game of football we watched tonight, and this was, this was a fun pod, so I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow and keep it rolling through the week. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the subscriptions on uh, YouTube as they continue to climb. For Justin and myself, take it easy, and we will catch you guys tomorrow.